Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is 42120. And like I said, this is going to be an insane week. And it has already started being insane. Pure insanity. Uh, the coronavirus, you know, narrative has now deflated. They're exposed for what they are. And, you know, this is them trying to find a new spin. I mean, indictments are supposed to be coming. I mean, this is a week to remember because this is exactly how it's supposed to be showing their panic. They will pull and they will push and they will attempt to make sure that you, the people, have no idea what's going on. They're hunkering down in their homes as if a virus is there with their very expensive ice cream. They are sending off the armies of the mainstream media to make you panic. And you know, a great catch from so many people out there to find that hot mic moment where the actual journalists telling you to panic say that this coronavirus is a hoax. And Millie Weaver put a great piece together. I've tweeted out. And for those of you that are not on Twitter, I will post on Facebook after the show. But I will play it for you now because you will hear it in their own words how they say this is a hoax. And they knew it. Take a listen. A new study from the Los Angeles County Public Health suggests that approximately 221,000 to 442,000 adults have already had COVID-19. With just over 1,000 alleged confirmed deaths, this suggests that the actual morbidity rate for COVID-19 is somewhere between 0.0048% and 0.0024%, far less deadly than projected. Now, let me just pause right there. So that's the morbidity rate based on the fact that all the deaths that have been confirmed are coronavirus. But as we know, they're suspected coronavirus. So that morbidity rate can be even lower, making it more probable that you die from being struck by lightning than dying from coronavirus in California. But there's more. During the April 20th White House press briefing, there was a hot mic where Fox News' John Roberts can be seen and heard discussing this new study openly with other members of the press corps. Shocked upon hearing these new coronavirus death statistics, one voice can clearly be heard saying, so it was a hoax. Listen for yourself. Now, the county public health came up with a study that they found that there are 7,000 cases in California, but they really believe that there are anywhere from 221,000 to 442,000 people who were infected. Really? Yeah. So that makes it 0.1 to 0.3? Was a study you came out with? Yeah, just came up with that. So it suggests the case fatality is 10. Well, 
This is astonishing, considering that this is the same press corps that routinely accused President Trump of claiming that the coronavirus was a hoax. But it's no secret that in today's news media spin, many mainstream media reporters secretly believe one thing, but in the name of ratings, say another. This is Millennial Millie reporting. So what are they telling you? They themselves feel that this is a hoax. They themselves know that the numbers are being inflated with, you know, car crashes, cancer, heart disease, lung disease, anything disease. It's called coronavirus. So they know that these numbers are being inflated and they are still keeping you in your house. So the thing we must pay attention to is which states are the ones locking people away? Which governors are the ones? And you know what's funny? All the governors that are the ones doing most of the locking are really friendly with China. China, China, China. Remember that list Pompeo had? So it's really bizarre, right? It's so bizarre. But think about it. They are laughing at it. They believe it's not real. And yet they are telling you to be in full panic mode and stay home and wear masks and we'll drag you off planes, trains, buses, and automobiles if you're not wearing a mask. They will disallow you to enter a facility without a mask and gloves. Yet they believe that it's not real. And what was it? Stephanopoulos. Oh, I have coronavirus. But there he is trotting along in the Hamptons. No big deal. I have coronavirus. I'll just be a super spreader and walk around the Hamptons as a super spreader. Or Cuomo complaining, I can't see my wife. Call it what you may. But being coronavirus may actually be code for something else. So as we have this coronavirus going, I thought... We would listen to someone that, you know, I adore. Yes, that's right. Tucker Carlson, where he talks about how lawmakers want to stamp out dissent. Now, here's the interesting part. I wrote this report about this uh, lawsuit filed against the director of health of the state of Ohio. That lawsuit was filed only a few days ago. Suddenly. All the numbers of confirmed coronavirus have jumped, insanely jumped. And it seems like they're all coming from one prison, which, you know, I've sent out communication and I will try again to find out how many of those, how that prison, right, who had one guard dead at the beginning of April, has all these prisoners maybe moved from other facilities to just put them all in one prison Suddenly, there's a spike just in the prisons. So the numbers are showing that, whoa, Ohio, the state of Ohio has a big problem, but it's all in the same prison. So that's really curious and bizarre. If you pay attention, the states that are the most that are ruling with this iron fist of keeping you in your house are the same states that had mysterious single engine planes land on their highways. Take a listen to Tucker. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. So if you look at the numbers, and on this show we do our best to do that, the most terrifying period of this epidemic appears to be coming to an end, if not already over. The virus, of course, will still infect and sicken and kill many more Americans. Nobody should minimize that. But the time for panic, and there was one, is now over. 
Our greatest fear going into this was that our entire healthcare system might collapse under the strain of new cases. That was a real fear and it was justified. That's why we locked the country down. But that collapse never came and we are grateful for that. The famous curve they told you about has been flattened. In the meantime, though, an awful lot of people have been flattened themselves, badly hurt by our government's response. Children are going uneducated. Tens of millions of people have lost their livelihoods. The whole economy is in tatters. Just today, oil futures traded at negative $40. In other words, things are so screwed up that producers couldn't give it away. Keep in mind, we're not talking about overpriced handbags in some boutique. This is petroleum, which we need to keep civilization going. That's a measurement of where we are. Our economy has shrunk to that point, a point we never imagined would be possible. And that's not a small thing. It's a disaster for all of us. So given all of this, it's not surprising and it's not unreasonable that some people would like to loosen the lockdowns. We flattened the curve. Let's figure out how to resume our lives. That does not sound crazy because it's not crazy, unless you're the people in charge or their bodyguards in the media, in which case opinions like that are a dangerous threat to your power and must be stamped out immediately. Until recently, for example, some citizens have been using social media, Facebook, to organize demonstrations against the severe lockdowns they're currently living under. Expressing your views about the decisions that politicians make is protected under our Constitution. You could argue, in fact, it's the whole reason we have a Constitution in the first place. It's literally enshrined in the First Amendment and for a reason. But Facebook doesn't care. Facebook doesn't recognize the U.S. Constitution. It doesn't recognize our country's centuries-old norms. As CEO Mark Zuckerberg explained on ABC, people who complain about the lockdown and organize others to do the same have been removed from the site for, for providing, quote, misinformation. So how do you deal with the fact that Facebook is now being used to, to organize a lot of these protests to defy social distancing, defy the social distancing guidelines in states? Is somebody trying to organize something like that, does that qualify as harmful information? We do classify that as harmful misinformation, and we take that down. Misinformation. That's a term that should give you the shivers. It's how totalitarian regimes dismiss views that threaten their power. That's the country we're suddenly living in. The state of New Jersey recently issued criminal... Wait, before we get to that part. Okay, so Facebook is taking people's accounts down, banning them off the platform if they want to peacefully organize to fight for their rights. And yet Antifa, ISIS, and all these other terror groups organize freely, discuss freely on how they're going to kill themselves some Trumpers, you know, how they're going to break stuff up, how they're going to throw concrete at people, how they're going to take it back and promote anarchism. But you who wants to go down to your capital and say, stop, the constitution has no, you know, exit clause saying that it does not apply in a pandemic or war. What are you doing? But, you know, that's what we have to be thinking about. Use that. Say, okay, if you're taking these people down, what about Antifa organizing with masks, bats, and guns, and whatever else they can? Well, they're usually dildos, but you know what I mean. He should be talking about that too, right? Everybody should. Charges against a woman called Kim Pagan. Her crime? Organizing a protest against the lockdown. In other words, she criticized the governor of New Jersey, so his employees had her arrested. Are you comfortable with that? Our leaders are comfortable with it. They applaud it. It makes life easier when your critics shut up and go to jail. They like that. In Elizabeth, New Jersey, the mayor there is using unmanned drones to spy on citizens and make certain they obey. That sounds like something they do in China. 
And they do. In fact, the drones are literally from China. They're made by a Chinese company called DJI. The company has donated them to 22 American states to control unruly voters. It seems obvious those drones must be sending data back to their masters in China. The Pentagon believes they are. They've banned their use. But the mayor of Elizabeth doesn't care. The drones are helping him consolidate his power. He's for them. Over in New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio doesn't seem to have drones just yet. He may. But for now, he's got the next best thing. Eight million potential snitches all working for him. De Blasio has ordered his citizens to spy on their neighbors and report their neighbors if they behave in unapproved ways. Needless to say, it should make you very nervous when politicians leverage your fear to make themselves more powerful. It ought to terrify you when they start arresting people for the crime of disagreeing with them. Our media exist to push back against these kinds of dangerous excesses. That's why we have the First Amendment. Are we watching a flou d'etat? The press ought to be asking that question. They should get to the bottom of it, but they're not. Instead, they're cheering on the repression. Watch MSNBC explain how anyone who disagrees with the politicians they like is, needless to say, a racist. What is it that they're trying to channel here? Is this, conf- is this sort of neo-confederacy? And what the hell does that have to do with a pandemic? America first is a phrase that was used by Charles Lindbergh and the, the Nazi sympathizers uh, in 1939, 1940, 41. It became President Trump's uh, rallying cry. You have that on the right. When I look at these protests, what I see are a bunch of white people essentially saying, oh, it's affecting those people. So why do I have to change my life for them? Let's be honest about what they are. They are the Fox News, Nazi Confederate, death cult rump of the Republican Party. It's not that hard, unfortunately, to, to turn a health crisis into a racial ethnic crisis. I think that what they're saying quite clearly, when you see the numbers, when you see the statistics, when you see the CDC data is, I want more black and brown people to die. Right. That, that can't if you want the government to open up, then you want more black and brown people to die. So they're now claiming that coronavirus is racist and coronavirus targets black and brown people only. Uh, you know, we talked about this racism. First, they were going to use it on, oh, my gosh, you're attacking the Chinese. How dare you? Then President Trump was like, yo, um, let's calm down about this coronavirus till we figure out what's going on. They're like, oh, my God, are you calling it a hoax when they already know? And now they're saying it's so racist. You need to just all be quiet because this is racist. How dare you say you want to open everything up and kill all these black and brown people. That's what you're asking for. Uh, No, you're asking for your ability to be free, for your ability to make decisions on your own, and for your ability to defend your livelihood. I mean, yeah, they expanded unemployment insurance, right? For us contractors, where's my unemployment insurance? Guess what? I've been filing. The, suddenly, the state says, oh, here, it's revamped. I've got claims. What do I do? Restart all over again? Like, what am I supposed to do? Nothing. Trump bucks, had to update my information, did so. Still waiting. You know, all of us, all of us are struggling, and they're busy trying to keep us indoors so we can struggle more. Oil was trading at, I'm giving it to you for free, and they want us to struggle more. None of them are coming to work. Why isn't Congress working at a time of war? Because that is literally what's going on. Oh, 
because indictments are coming. And this is why they need you indoors and they need to control the narrative. This is why they're advocating that we should not be airing President Trump's coronavirus updates because it's we're supposed to be doing that job for him. He's supposed to tell us and we're going to be relaying it. Here's the catch. Nobody trusts you. Nobody trusts CNN. Definitely. Nobody trusts NBC, CBS, ABC, TNT, anything, uh, including Fox. And, you know, I'm sorry, man, even OANN, you know, IIA is a very big, uh, uh, you know, program that is deployed and it is sanctioned. Oh, wait till you get to that. We're not ready for it yet. We're going to talk about it a little bit because the thing is, the one thing I don't like is pointing fingers and showing. I don't do spoon feeding. I think all of you hate spoon feeding because then that's a way of directing your thoughts. What is it? Putting thoughts in your, in your mind or words in your mouth. Uh, it's here's the information, do what you'd like with it. All of you have started to wake up to see who has been sleeping in a red hat and waking up to show you their true colors. When we get to Assange, when I tell you, and you know what, we're going to talk about it on Thursday because tomorrow I have a surprise for my guests that, you know, it's a surprise. So I can't tell you about the surprise, but it's going to be off the hook. I mean, for real, it's going to be off the hook. So we're going to talk Thursday about Julian Assange and how they garnered blackmail. And I wouldn't say blackmail like that he did something wrong, but more so leverage. There we go. It's like, you know, hostage situation. I've got your kid. You don't do what I say. Oh my gosh. Wait till you see. I got your mom. I got your dad. Watch what I'm going to do. That's the worst nightmare of anybody that someone has leverage on them, that someone says, oh my gosh, that is my Achilles heel. Please don't do it. And that is where they, because they don't call it out, hey, they're using this as leverage. Please help because they can't say it, baby, because they're in jail, whatever, you know, they use it. And you have to think who was the one that got that and handed it over so they can find the leverage. Guess what? Believe it or not, links right back to global strategies group. The one that I work for, the one that I was hired to work for, for all these years. And I could tell you up until the time I had access, well, it was way before I saw everything. So wait till that comes out because you'll be surprised how many people you retweet, like, and support that have been sitting there helping the enemy. Oh, and most of them don't even know they're doing it, which is even worse, isn't it? But I digress. Let's continue because this segment is so awesome that Tugger put together. I mean, he's, he's amazing and he's probably got a really good producing team. Joy Reid is the biggest race baiter on cable. Can you imagine putting that garbage on your TV channel in the middle of a pandemic, whipping people into a frenzy of paranoia and hate on the basis of zero evidence? So irresponsible, it's hard to believe it's happening. But here's the bigger theme, and you may be sensing it. Certain people would like to use this moment to elevate themselves and crush you. On The View today, host Joy Behar complained that not enough rights have been abolished during this pandemic. Exercising the right to bear arms, she said, should be treated going forward as a felony. Why are you bringing guns to a rally? You want to call yourself protesters, leave your guns home. Those are terrorists who bring guns to things, to rallies. I don't trust that at all. And don't listen to these people. These people should stay off television until they can get some critical distance and some wisdom. 
Something awful, you're watching it here, and threatening has been unleashed inside many of the people who lead this country. This isn't the media making excuses for fascist behavior. This is the media demanding more fascism now, immediately. The sad thing is what they could be doing. We have protests against lockdowns across this country. You may like them, you may not. But what does that tell you? Why are they happening? Did Rush Limbaugh do all that? No, he didn't. Here's the truth. If Americans had confidence that the government's response to this virus was wise and thoughtful and thoroughly rooted in science, they probably wouldn't be protesting against those decisions in the numbers they are. But they don't believe that, and they don't believe it for good reason. When the state of Michigan bans joint replacements but encourages abortions and lotto ticket sales, you know more than science is going on here. No epidemiologist recommended that. There's something else. But you wouldn't guess that from watching most shows on television. The media are not bothering to report on what we really know or don't know about the virus. It's fascinating, but they're ignoring it. And they're certainly not holding anyone in power to account. They're not explaining the science of why it's necessary to close pools and parks and beaches all summer. Why it's scientifically required to tell citizens to snitch on their neighbors. They're not even addressing that. Instead, they're lashing out at the insolence, how dare they, of their fellow citizens for failing to silently accept it all. Many of the media seem to be enjoying this crisis, and they are. It's been a great opportunity to talk at great length about their all-time favorite subject, which is themselves, and how much more impressive they are than you. Here's that weird little guy on CNN. It wasn't until um, this Friday night that I hit a wall. And that's when the tears came. So we have nothing to compare this with. So it can be incredibly alarming. It's the first time these people are backed up into a corner with no sources. I mean, you know, I still remember, I'm old enough to remember when Matto was crying. Now we get, you know, truffle shuffle on the screen trying to be human and uh, show sympathy. This is the most ghastly, you know, uh, projection I have ever seen. It can be incredibly depressing. Media can help. Making media can help. Media can definitely help. We can tell you what to think, what to say, how to think. We'll tell you when to panic. And don't worry, we're right here looking at you from our castles with our exor- <laughs> with our tons of ice cream that, you know, are like 13 to $14 for a pint. While you suffer, we suffer with you. Just, you know, we're doing it in diamonds, pearls, and really expensive stuff. But the emotions are real for everybody. They're a big part of the story. Oh, barf. This is a guy <laughs> who got a special exemption to the government quarantines he so fervently supports for other people. All of us in the media got that exemption, by the way. This is a guy who's working in a high-paying job when tens of millions of Americans are not working at all. Please be quiet. Your tears are not, quote, a big part of the story, and neither are you. For God's sakes, please stop talking about yourself. It is unsufferable. But they can't stop. The most consistent byproduct of privilege, always and everywhere, is narcissism. So it's not surprising that our pampered overlords just cannot shut up about themselves. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez doesn't make sense as a person until you learn that she grew up as Sandy Ocasio in an affluent suburb of Westchester and then went on to get some silly, pointless degree at a silly, pointless private college. Uh, Westchester. You know, you know who else hangs out? Oh, yeah. Well, you do know, right? Servers, bathrooms, basements, and these little forests. Of course she did. 
It's so obvious once you know it. Thank you, Wikipedia. She is a child of privilege. She's not some kid from the streets. Someone who actually grew up in the Bronx would be far too embarrassed to drone on about herself on Instagram. Please. Suddenly, people like Sandy Ocasio seem to have a lot more power than they did before this pandemic arrived from China. That's at least as scary as the virus itself, and its effects will last much, much longer. You have a right to lawfully push back against that. Coming and to an everybody and everybody should be pushing back. I every single state should be using that first lawsuit that was filed uh, in the state of Ohio as a template and just pounce it off. Every single person should be using the courts. I said this, didn't I? Because if you use the courts, it will at some point happen. If you are to get arrested, get arrested and then file a lawsuit. If you go into a store and they tell you you must wear this. Or you get pulled off a bus, train, or automobile, wherever you are. If you are refused entry into a house of worship, if you are refused anything, any right that you are afforded, allow yourself, comply, take the ticket, get arrested, and then sue them. (laughs) Go straight down to the courts. Because in the end, it'll be in the eye of the courts. And we saw that pan out when in Kentucky, they tried to ram back. Remember, we talked about the church where they were doing the drive-through, right? Hold on, before we go to commercial. They were doing that drive-through thing, right? So what did the pastor do? Everybody got tickets and everything. He immediately filed for an injunction of the court. And the judge's words were specific. This is disgusting and it is unconstitutional. You cannot do that. So in other words, if every single person across the nation, instead of gathering to march, which you have every right to, Walk down to your courthouse, sign a thing, I have no money, thanks coronavirus, so waive the fees, and file the suit against your governor or health department director saying, I'm not allowed to go out for a walk. People in jail are allowed to get air, but I'm not. You know, that's it. You win. This is how you overturn things, by using the systems that that are in place before they're gone. Because when they're gone, you're not going to be able to use them. All right. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So here's where we're going to enter into the um, domain that I want to bring you into in the second hour. So I'm going to tell you in the second hour how I knew uh, this was a wiretap, the whole um, obfuscation of how it came to be, the conversations about Joe Biden in Munich, the conversations that Adam Schiff had uh, with staffers, well, with staffers, but he relayed the staffer conversations to people like Pelosi, Uh, the conversations that he had with people around the world. Okay, so listen, not American citizens, okay, foreign citizens, and kind of um, create the groundwork and plant the seeds because, you know, for some reason, as I was uh, mapping out 
uh, some probabilities a couple of days ago, I tweeted out things about Switzerland not understanding, you know, how this all fits in. But it was very curious as it was coming up to the front of everything. And then... Something about Malta. And, you know, the only thing, and I have to, you know, obviously if it's there, there's knowledge behind it. But what is it about Malta? I mean, we know that most of the refugees coming in from North Africa and the shores of Africa are coming through Malta. We also know Musford is Maltese. So as I work on that, I just thought I would drop something happening with Malta and Switzerland. Just can't put my finger on it yet. Got to do a little bit more math, if you know what I mean. So I can, I'm going to talk about Silent Circle, explain to you what enterprise communications are and how I was privy to be listening into all of this stuff. Hence why I knew about Daniel Jones. Hence how I knew that the Kavanaugh letter uh, was formulated and how it was orchestrated with Feinstein because these people are stupid. See, when you think you can get away with things and you have been getting away with things for decades, when you have a person in every single position, right, to cover for you from your, you know, doorman to your policeman, to your sheriff, to your, you know, city council, to your mayor, governor, attorney general of the state that you can quash anyone that speaks up. They will shut you up. Shut up. You go to jail. Tucker Carlson told you that and made it clear, hey, they're going to take anyone that defies them and lock them up. But, you know, you don't see that normally. See, you see it now because you're at home and everyone's reporting. Everyone's put on their little reporter hat because we're all involved. It's our livelihood right now. We need to know, are we going to die? Like they said, what is going on? There's no way we're dying. They know that this is being conflated. They know the numbers aren't right. Something's not right. You can just just tell it's off. And yet you're seeing in front of you, your rights are being taken away every single second. You see right in front of you, people being locked up for wanting to exercise their rights. So you're seeing it, but you know, in the second hour, okay, we're in the second hour. We're going to talk about how they communicate. I'm going to tell you everything. I mean, obviously this needs to be delivered a little bit better so you can see it, but most of you can simply go to Amazon and Google in what I'm going to tell you to see that it's not even working in the United States and it's very specific and you have to wonder why Blackberries have been phased out. Rim technology, different stuff. So we'll talk about that in the second hour and I'll tell you all the juicy stuff that I've heard with my own ears, which is pretty good. So here is where we're at. We're at the point that we've had this coronavirus thing going. There are states sucking on that, you know, and playing that card till its last standing leg to make sure that you're stuck indoors and you can't do anything. They have killed our livelihoods. And, you know, like Tucker said, it's not about you. Guys, we're all in it together. For real, we are, though, right? All of us are there. There's tons of you that have already gotten your Trump bucks, tons of other people that have not like myself, right? We're all struggling, all of us. And that's the thing. I guess, you know, from their high tower, they want to cry on TV and look at you as if, you know, they look friendly, but you can see them for who they are right now. Aren't you? You can see them exactly for who they are. It's like, guys, I'm sorry. Ted Cruz is saying some really good stuff, right? He's changed his look and put a beard on, but I'm telling you, this guy looks like he's wearing a human suit and he's itchy in it. 
He's not the good guy, but he's good and tamed for now. And this is what you have to be aware of. Five years, like a blink of an eye will go by and you will have elections again. This is where you need to start, you know, fixing up your palate, start being able to discern those tastes. Is that cumin? Is that oregano? Is that BS that I taste when they speak? That's what you have to start getting attuned with. And I think what the president is doing by showcasing the fake news, by putting them on the spot, and from what you're going to learn about the IIA, you're going to have to start relying on yourself more. You're going to have to start relying on your gut. You're going to have to start relying on your object, your ability to gain back objectivity. Because when you see that the people that are around you, they could just be right next to you. The people with their blue check marks and their, oh, look at this. And, oh, I'm so this. Mm, or this, I've been saying this, the brand names, when you see whose team they're really batting for, and some of them are so dumb, especially one code pink, so dumb, they don't even know it, right? They don't even know it. Well, some of them do, but some of them don't. You know, when you go down to, uh, you know, when you see people co-mingling from both sides, right? Both sides. When you've got Mueller people hanging out with Trump people and they're all hanging out, you got to sit and cock your head and say, what the, wait a minute. These guys were trying to take you out. They were trying to take your friend out. They were trying to take your guy out. Well, why are you guys having drinks together? Just a question, right? Why are you having dinner together? Just a question. This is where it comes down to all of you have that ability to have objectivity, the thing is, you've lost it. You've actually lost it. So on that, as your objective, remember, think only with your gut feeling. And, you know, it's still there. Don't worry about it. Your gut feeling. Because for some reason, the Justice Department has been really, really sweating what? If someone tries to sell you health or medical supplies needed to respond for the spread of COVID at excessively high prices, report it to the Justice Department. Speaking of that, has anyone paused and said, why did the credit union have millions and millions of masks? You know, why did Facebook have it? Did they purchase them off the market to create the illusion that we were out of them because we were going to need them? Or were they aware of something maybe coming through the border later that will be a necessity? These are the questions you should ask us. Or those are the two questions you should sit and think and say, hmm. Why is this happening? How is this happening? So these are objective perspectives that are missed in the rubbish. Because right now, if you check your Twitter feed, and you know, I only follow um, people that are giving me information that someone else isn't. So I'll follow an account that probably retweets a set of accounts a lot because they like them. So I don't have to follow those accounts because I see their stuff from them. I use my Twitter to get my news. I don't use it to like gain followers or, you know, follow so many people because then you lose all the information you're looking for. So you always look for people that are retweeting a lot of different people or, or the same people themselves. Like I'm not going to follow a reporter because I know I have someone that I follow that retweets that person stuff or interacts with that stuff. So I get my information. Reason I say it is because a lot of people are constantly retweeting or following people that are not giving them news and that's congesting their feed. And that is exactly what the mainstream media has been doing, congesting. Because look at all the topics that are currently hot 
in our nation. So we've got coronavirus, right? We've got, hey, what happened to the mercy and comfort? We're not talking about that anymore. We've got dumbs. We've got child human trafficking experimentation, right? We've got, look at all these topics. We've got shift shenanigans, Pelosi, let's talk about Andrew Gillum that was busted for doing things that shift did. Schiff had a death too, but it was a young child, wasn't it? Whatever, per se, allegedly, right? Ed Buck, still in prison. We got Uranium One going. We've got Enron going. We've got, what else do we have? <laughs> we have so much. We have uh, the Caribbean going. We've got Epstein going. His photographer went missing a month ago, now was found in little pieces going. We've got, uh, you know, disclosures going. We've got FISA footnotes going. We've got FISA <laughs> whatever going. We've got spies and, and, and everything going. <laughs> now we also have Turkey going, Idlib going, now North Korea. So you've got all this going on at once and you haven't figured out that they're congesting your feed with all of it. So you don't know where to start. I mean, for me, it's like a kid in a candy store. Ooh, what can I read on today? You know, oh, let's talk about hydroxychloroquine. Let's talk about the who and how they contribute to child trafficking and normalizing pedophilia. Wait, but they were actually helping the Chinese spread the virus. Hey, maybe ever thought that maybe the who helped do it? Oh, you know, or maybe, have you ever heard a governor talk smack about their, okay, so if you're a governor and you're going through this, you know, ordeal, right, with your nation, uh, uh, with this coronavirus and someone asks you like, yo, you know, what about Bill Gates? Like all this stuff. Why would you say you're not citing? Well, you know what? I'll let you listen to this. Cause this interview that Chris Berg did was incredible. I want you guys to listen to it because it is super insane. What was said by the governor's mouth. Okay. Let's get it up. All right. Here we go. Take a listen. Posted you were going to be on. I've been sort of incorporating some of those questions from people in our conversation already. But I mean, we just got so much. So if you don't mind, sir, just because there's so many questions here, if we can kind of rapid uh, fire some stuff. So Representative Becker said also, you know, if you want, your kid can go to a full capacity child care center, but can't go to the playground. Last week, we had Fargo Mayor Tim Mahoney say, if you go to the playground with 10 or more people, you could potentially be subject to a $1,000 fine. Do you concur with that? Well, uh, I can't speak for uh, what local rules are in all the but he's saying, cities. But, across- sir, I, I don't mean to interrupt you. What he's saying is that if you break the governor's executive order and you're with 10 or more people at a, at a playground, you could be subject to a $1,000 fine. Well, local, inf- local enforcement is up to local agencies, but it's also not true because we issued, an, we issued emergency child care grants where child care centers had to reduce their density in those child care centers if they're going to qualify for the grants. So we did modify uh, how, how we were doing child care in the state of North Dakota because we understood that was necessary for us to get all those frontline workers, keep them going. Okay. Uh, in the- uh, Laura Dahl asked, why was the factory in Grand Forks open when wind, winter, when wind energy is not really necessary? Well... This is a, again, this is a thing you've just been, you know, saying you got all these people saying, why isn't everything open? Well, certainly uh, energy is considered an essential industry in America, regardless of what source it comes from. And when we fit the light switch, we want to make sure that electricity comes on. And so uh, there is not in any plant for any kind of energy in any state 
didn't fall under the shelter in place to stay at home. Every energy business has been open across America uh, during this entire thing, Governor, and they would have fallen underneath underneath that same uh, criteria. Governor, but we all closed no manufacturers in North Dakota, so it didn't matter what you were making in North Dakota. If you were a manufacturer, you could remain open. And I, I think everyone in our in our state loves and respects you, but but to say that wind is essential, I think it's going to be hard for some people to grasp. Can you help clarify that, please? We never said it was essential. You just did, and sir. We, no, we, we said energy is essential, not wind. All kinds of energy is essential, and all manufacturers stayed open, Chris. And so uh, it's, an, it's an interesting question, but it doesn't really apply here because all manufacturing was open in North Dakota. All right. The other one is uh, Patty Joe Meyer says, why is the quarantine for the LM workers not including family members? And then how are you going to enforce the quarantine order for the LM workers? Well, the quarantine, uh, you know, we're making an assumption that if, if someone can, uh, when they stay at home, even in a household, if you are quarantined, that means you don't have symptoms now, uh, but you're asked to stay home. Those people should be trying to stay, uh, you know, separate bedroom, away from, whatever they can do. But we're not in a position where we would say the whole household is locked down if the person is being quarantined. Okay, why are those people being targeted from that business LM? And what gives the director of health for the state to say, hey, anyone that works for this business is quarantined because we said so. Hold on. When you go to an employer, right, anywhere, say you're, say you're a doctor or let's just say you're, you're a secretary or a janitor, right? When you go there, they're like, you can't drink on the job. You can't smoke on the job. You can't have sex on the job. Uh, and you can't eat on the job. They could do that. I mean, they have to give you a break by law. But I'm just saying you can't do all these things. Now they're telling them, hey, when you get off work, you're not allowed to drink, not allowed to smoke. I mean, unless that was in the contract, whatever. But I don't see any employment contract that says we could tell you what to do when you're not working. Right. And here they are. And remember, North Dakota has like what? Less than 10 people dead uh, from wait and get this alleged coronavirus. Right. Alleged coronavirus because it's not coronavirus. (laughs) They don't know. But they tested positive, so even though car crash, coronavirus, even though heart attack, coronavirus, right? So they have the few, and they've been social distancing since the state's inception. They have been social distancing. People do not congregate in that state unless it's in a bar, right? And since the bars are closed, no one's congregating. (laughs) So let's just put it out there. These people are the social distancers since their inception. Uh, Neighbors are like hundreds of miles away. So here is the governor who, by the way, is also Bill Gates, you know, uh, employee. Well, is he still though? He sold his company and it's still called Great Plains Microsoft something software. So they're still in bed together um, telling you these things that it's okay that an employer is targeted to force all their employees off, off work to maintain quarantine. Uh, doesn't even have symptoms yet. Uh, we are getting back up there with broader testing to try to test everybody that didn't get tested last a week uh, to make sure that if there's more positives, we're catching uh, them. And if there's someone was a positive at that point, then the quarantine does apply to other household members. And do you enforce that with is that subject to a thousand dollar fine as well? Or what's the enforcement? Enforcement is local health department. That's okay. how that would get done locally. Governor, I got to ask you this just because you're friends with him. So I want to get your reaction. Uh, Bill Gates tweeted out last week when President Trump wanted to halt funding to the 
WHO. Zach, if you can bring the graphic up, please. But Bill Gates said halting funding for the World Health Organization during a world health crisis is as dangerous as it sounds. Their work is slowing the spread of COVID-19. And if that work is stopped, no other organization can replace them. The world needs the World Health Organization now more than ever. Do you agree with Bill Gates on this? Well, I'm I'm not a uh, going to get jump in the middle between uh, the President of the United States and Bill Gates about funding for World Health Organization, but uh, because it's it's an interesting thing where the United States does pay more than any other country for our portion of that, and yet only about three or four percent of the people that work there. Uh, Wait, we need to listen to that first response and listen to it carefully, because remember, we don't listen all the time correctly. Right. So listen to his initial response. Not a uh, going to jump in the middle between uh, the president of the United States and Bill Gates. Wait a minute. What do you mean you're not going to jump in the middle between the president of the United States that you answer to, that is your president, and your buddy Bill Gates? What do you mean? You're supposed to say nothing like that. That is the wrong response, which tells you everything you need to know. And if you go to ToriSays.com, you will see the article on how he is creating the first app to backtrace thing and give his constituents, right, citizens, a risk score. How obedient of a citizen you are. Yeah, this guy you're listening to right now is doing that. But listen to what else he says, inferring that Bill Gates and the World Health Organization are one in the same. So let's just listen to the, I'm not going to jump in the middle between Bill Gates and the president. Really? The president of the United States and Bill Gates about funding for World Health Organization, but uh, because it's, it's an interesting thing where the United States does pay more than any other country for our portion of that. And yet only about three or 4% of the people that work there uh, are uh, are from the United States. And so there probably are, if we're going to be the largest funder, then we might want to have a, a, a more, more uh, people from our country working there. Oh, that's the problem. We need more Americans working where, what, like Fauci? <laughs> are they not indirectly working for them? Or the PEPFAR crew who are also indirectly working for them? What does he mean? So I give a lot, I high push back to all my friends. Anyone who's my friend knows that I'm the first one to call you out. And this is probably the softest interview I've ever seen. And yet he is so uncomfortable. The governor is so, and it is so soft. You know that I had sent a barrage of questions that were not even asked because they were highly specific. Right. But you know, this was a soft interview. And if you just go to like uh, POV now, that's what it's called. The webpage for Valley new news live in Fargo, you will just see how uncomfortable he is because you know what? He's never interviewed like that. He's always people bootlick him because he's like a multimillionaire because he sold a company to Microsoft and he's buddy buddy with the gates, which is not something you should be proud of. If anything, you'd want to obfuscate that fact and be like, no, 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 I really like people. I don't want to terminate the population. Right? That's what you would normally think, right? That someone would not want to um, align with Bill Gates, but this guy totally loves it. So this is how you can see what is going on behind the scenes that we are just not understanding. These little things that they say that give it all away. They've imposed on a whole company what their employees can do off duty. They have locked down where you can get plastic surgery, but not, you know, a haircut. 
They are keeping things that you would think are non-essential as essential. This is the bizarre. I don't know why everyone in North Dakota isn't filing a lawsuit. Like seriously, you're sitting at home, get to work, copy, paste, insert. I'll see you guys right after this break where we will break down what my little ears have been privy to over the span of these years and why (laughs) my friends can finally understand why I would take a remote control and chuck it at the wall whenever they speak. You know, it's always hard when you have that friend, you know, your girlfriend that cheats on her husband, dictating. (laughs) See you in a bit. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So in this hour, I'm going to introduce to you peer-to-peer encrypted calling and secure video. And um, I believe that I can just have you listen to the company's advertisement to make it even clearer. Hold on. Okay, so I just want you to know that the purpose of Silent Circle is to make sure that employees, customers, and private um, individuals that create a network are able to have privacy when they speak. And um, there was an interview with the CEO, Bill Connor, uh, in 2015, uh, where he goes about and talks about this a little bit. So I just want you to... Take a listen to this for a second. Let's see where we go. Formation of a new. Here we go. At Mobile World Congress, we've announced the formation of a new enterprise privacy platform that's built on our devices under our black phone label, as well as new application and software, as well as new services under that. Specifically, the new devices we've introduced are Black Phone 2, which is our next generation phone that's built on a Qualcomm Okta quad core base platform. It's got three gig of RAM, 32 gig of memory, and it's a 5.5 inch Gorilla Glass uh, screen. Absolutely amazing piece of hardware and phone. It comes with our private OS that allows you fine green access control and security and privacy on that phone. The other piece of hardware that we've announced today is our Black Phone Plus. Think of that as a first converged in the world tablet plus smartphone. What it allows you to do is get all the computing power that you think of a traditional platform in tablet form in a phone, uh, smartphone capability. Okay, and I did tell you this is 2015, okay? ...called Black Phone Plus. What that will allow you to do is take advantage of yet services that we, we've not been able to do. Things we've introduced at this conference, like silent meeting, 
where I can take 50 people now and attack that from a no pin use, easy drag and drop visual to be able to conference people in. So as an enterprise executive, you don't have to go, who was that that just joined? Who just dropped? Pin. So remember, um, RIM, uh, which is Black uh, Research in Motion that created Blackberries, uh, you were able to text, even if the towers were out, with what they call pin-to-pin communications. So I'm just introducing you guys to whatever's public so that it's a lot easier for you to understand. It's visual, drag and drop, 50 people on that platform, completely revolutionary in terms of it. And then we've also announced the silent spaces. Think of that as the virtualization of a phone or a tablet. So you can have a secure private space as an employee, and if you're BYOD, your own personal information. That allows you now to operate privately on a common phone in the enterprise and in your personal life, or even multiple phones within your private life. So you can set up things for your kids and your family, yourself, all in terms of secure environments for those capabilities. Those are the things we've announced at Mobile World Congress this year. So the question Specific- is, what can people expect from the Black Phone uh, 2 and the Black Phone Plus? Specifically, the next generation platforms offer the next level of privacy with Secure Private OS. What that allows us to do is now take and completely step up the whole privacy and security of the phone in a whole different performance platform built on Qualcomm skill and technology and a base technology. Uh, OctaCore at the core on the processing capability, as well as now taking these software suites that people have known for silent text and phone to the next step. We can now virtualize on that phone and on a tablet form uh, with Black Phone Plus spaces so you can virtualize your private and your personal life as well as your enterprise space. So I want you to understand that enterprise space means like the the server of a company, intranet versus internet, right? It's like where you log on through the web onto your company's portal, kind of like, you know, the passwords, username and passwords that the FBI hands out to like cops in Minnesota that just scan everybody's license plate. You know, they get to go onto this database called Leap and they just put in a username and password and log in and then suddenly they're surfing the intranet not the internet, which is a secure little internet, you know, within boundaries, just so you understand. So what is one thing that these nefarious, uh, you know, companies, these contractors do? One thing that the president has been talking a lot about is stealing intellectual privacy. Now, this concept is great to keep communication sealed between maybe a family that wants to just talk to themselves or maybe a gang or cartel or mobsters or the cabal. Um, but, you know, it seems like something effective that can be, I guess, all, all encompassed under an enterprise server that's private, therefore uh, not easily accessible. And when they don't have to go through communications, kind of like, you know, you access databases through the regular internet, but once you're in that database, the regular internet can't see what you're doing. Same thing with the phone. Hence why we're having problems figuring out how they're communicating, right? How is Pelosi, Schumer, and Schiff communicating and colluding? Because right now they know there were flies on that wall in that skiff. But 
How are they communicating? How do we know exactly what happened with Ruth Bader Ginsburg? How is it that we know exactly the moment in March that Schiff got his hands on what I like to call the secret circle because they've revamped the silent circle uh, idea, you know, kind of like they revamp a lot of things for their own benefit. So how is it? How is it that I knew that Dan Coates and Vice President Pence and Rod Rosenstein were all sitting down having a chit-chat about this 25th Amendment? How did I know that they were terrified when Jerry Lee flew from China and was arrested in New York? How did I know that Jerry Lee was trying to communicate with the Trump administration to tell him what John Brennan had been doing? How did I know, huh? And this is where you understand the benefits of cycle of, uh, of the silent circle enterprise. If you're a global business executive today and you're spending millions, if not hundreds of millions to protect your enterprise, what you realize is your network attackers is it's an arms race and they're getting in. What silent circle now offers you is a device, some applications that run not just on our devices, but other iOS devices in your environment, or other Android devices your employee has, in a next generation network and service to manage that, that is absolutely secure and private. If your enterprise is at risk, your board of directors, your C-suite can now have communications and voice and data that's protected and you can rest at night and sleep knowing those secure communications, whether you're going to China, whether you're going to Russia, or whether you're sitting in your own backyard, wherever your headquarters is, you don't have to worry about a government attacking you, another enterprise attacking you, or your own employees. Your communications are in the silent circle, no matter what platform you have. Funny how the black phones actually don't work in the U.S. anymore, right? Um, and you can go on Amazon and put black phone purchase. It's like 400 bucks, but you really can't use it here because it won't let you use it because they still have hardware on there that doesn't allow them to spy on you. That's how good they are. So this company came up with a great idea, privacy, great privacy. But, you know, other people found it pretty interesting, too, and found a way to communicate. Here is him talking again at the press conference it's like three minutes. So you understand what this is. Last year, we came with a phone. We are a platform of software services. We have the world's only global encrypted calling plan. We are replacing BlackBerry in the enterprise. We have three quarters of a billion in contract sales for just Black Phone One alone. We launched in June. Three quarters of a billion. 83% of our business is outside of North America. We count 32 of the Fortune 50 as customers. What you're going to see today is some of the most innovative world's first that people haven't yet put out. We are creating the world's first where no one's been ecosystem for enterprise privacy. No one has done this today. Today we're announcing Black Phone 2. This is the first... Oh, now, second phone designed with privacy at the core. Our own private OS built into it. Three gigabit of RAM, 32 gigabit of more memory, storage on top of it, SIM card, micro SD, five and a half inch Gorilla Glass. Sexy and safe. One I'm really excited about is Black Phone Plus. Is it a phone? 
or is it a tablet? The answer is both. This is the world's first secure computing tablet and smartphone in a 7-inch design, grill glass, Qualcomm-based innards. Revolutionary breakthrough consistent with engineering that designs privacy in first. Let me tell you why private OS is so important that we wanted to spend our capital, our cash, to buy this company. We can now offer your personal space and your enterprise space in a virtual, kind of containerized, if you will, piece of your phone from us or Android, as well as the tablet. What you've seen in Silent Suite is silent phone, text, and contacts. What you'll see over the next bit, over the next 30 days, is the new and improved versions of that that are getting more and more integrated in use as Android comes up with new platforms for delivery of that. We're able to take advantage of what they're doing in their system and add on top of that. Let me just explain to you how this phone works and how this device actually came my way again. So black phone ones. So those were distributed. Those were done. Um, and it was launched, you know, in 2014. Before that, there were other devices, specific Blackberries. You always hear about these infamous Blackberries. Now, the problem with those were is that they did not have embedded tech that can push away any um, screen recording, meaning that someone can mirror your phone and see it as you type. So it's not like they would see um, just your messages going out, right? Um, it would uh, see you as you're typing in your password, sending out a message because they've um, they've got a virtual vi vision, uh, I would say a virtual image of your phone. And so this is why the Black Phone 2 is not allowed to be in the U.S. because people that want to look at your phone as you're using it, and this is why they mess things up, you know, when your phone gets hacked and suddenly it's like going through contacts, you know, looking through things, opening up pictures, sending pictures and you're like, where is it sending to? Have you ever had that happen? Well, then you don't have a lot of enemies it means you're not doing something right right now. But what I'm saying is uh, the black phone too will not allow it because it has an internal security that doesn't allow a secondary OS to run on top. Meaning, you know, as I'm, you know, as I'm on my phone, right, I could be sitting there and I'm ready to text and suddenly someone takes control of my phone. They go into my security settings, they change my password, and they can all do that because on their screen, on their computer, or iPad, or even their phone, they have a clone of what I'm seeing, my screen. So they can see everything I am doing. And But the, the catch is they don't know when you're looking at your phone or not. So nine times out of 10, you don't know how many of you put tape over your cameras, right? It's because they can tap them open. Kind of like I said, how Loretta Lynch could hear the conversation because she issued that pen register on Manafort during the Trump Tower meeting. Now, how did I know this? Because I still had my devices. See, they're so dumb. See, when you're part of an enterprise for so long... And when you're fathered in, like grandfathered in, like you're not going to let the top guys out, right? When it wasn't really a top guy thing, it was that I was there the longest. I had access to that stuff. Totally. And like you heard him explain, <laughs> you know, you would only find people that are 
in your intranet that can be on the call. And they would have faces. (laughs) My face would be that of an admin. So it would be comforting them for them to see, because that's how it was classified, you know, that I was an admin. It was comforting for them to see that I might've popped into the chat when the pictures came up. It would just say admin, which means security protocol to them. So it's one in the same. So it worked perfectly. Like I was just, I was listening. I was listening. I was using my ears and you know, I had to be careful because obviously everything else around me was tapped in. So I had to make sure Faraday bags, how to make sure I took a walk or how to make sure music was going or it was given to someone else to play with my phone while I was busy. But I hear everything. And it was just before my birthday and last year that I got a message for a friend of mine on the board and said, Oh, happy birthday. Maybe you should watch and listen. And so I log on to the system with my username and password, right? My own, right? Which was pretty simple, right? And I get on and lo and behold, it's a conversation reiterating conversations that happened in Munich at the security conference that Joe Biden was in. And how Yovanovitch was telling him that, you know, she understands that President Trump is onto them right now and that, you know, all of this is going to happen. The summary of what was understood was I'm too compromised to run for president. He's going to hang me and the election isn't going to protect me. Don't worry. We've got you covered. Now, one would say you could record it. Well, I don't know. See, that could be incriminating myself. And considering that all eyes on me, uh, they'd find it. (laughs) So I have to act and um, access my technology and my conversations. And I have to always assume someone's listening. Always assume someone's watching, right? Because (laughs) that's the way it is. So on that day... I sent off a picture of the little lanyard that came with my phone (laughs) because on the little lanyard, they had given us like a bonus um, SD cards um, and some other like trinkets, you know, like, oh, here you go, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, little gifts. So I tweeted out a picture of that and showcased that. And said, whoops, there we go. So now I'm revisiting that a year later, uh, considering that the website is now down. uh, Most of their links are cut. But you can go to globalgroup.com yourself and take a look at what that says. It's telling you about how that company meddled in the elections of Afghanistan. We're talking 2001. There's more there, of course. Um, The website, every now and then you can see things and you can't on the menu because I'm pretty sure the good guys are all over that. But um, in there, you would see that the people that actually run that place are former GCHQ, former CIA, former NSA, former FBI, former other intelligence officials of other nations, former, 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 former. So conversation. Back to the initial conversation that I heard on my birthday. And I retweeted that tweet that I sent out on my birthday last year. And that tweet was, presidential harassment is a real thing. It's disgusting. These clowns in silent circle must be exposed. I clearly made it clear. Couldn't have been more clearer. But you know, hmm. this is what they were doing. They were trying to find a way to usher Biden into the election scene and how they would utilize President Trump's attacks on Biden to regurgitate back to him. 
So they enacted their little plans in the NSC in order to push and usher a phone call with the Ukraine again after his congratulatory call on April 21st. So here's a very specific conversation on April 24th where Biden was on a group chat call, right? And there they are discussing, and he hasn't announced his running for president because they needed to see, obviously, from the previous phone calls that, you know, everything was covered, you know, everything was in place, uh, that he just needs to do it. And he's like, okay, I'm going to do it in a video way because they all knew that he had issues, health issues that were coming from some weird, I don't know, changing medications, withdrawal, not really sure, but it's not my business to tell. My business is to tell the people, but I'm just throwing that out there anyway, but I'm just going to stick to what pertains to the public sphere because these are elected officials and these conversations are supposedly private, but they're talking about our country. So at that point, I realized that they were harassing the president and how Biden was reluctant to announce his run to run for president. His wife was pushing back. He was pushing back. You got to find someone else. They're like, no, this is the only way whatever comes out from Ukraine, because, you know, we've got a handle on the new president Zelensky. But President Trump has a handle on other nations that we weren't expecting to align with him. So what we need to look at is how can we gag this area? How can we uh, suffocate this area? And that's with you, because we're going to say that what he's doing is political sabotage and not real facts. We've got the media on board. Everything's on it. We just got to make sure we get another phone call. So he was bullied into piloting and finally throwing his hat in a race on April 25th, 2019. This is why Biden took so long. Because they wanted to use him as a guise to usher it out. They knew that someone would finally give them something so they can do. And this is how the Ukraine scandal has been ushered as, oh, it's just a theory, a conspiracy, and no one is looking at it. Because let me tell you something. On some of these calls, specifically a call that I was able to catch the tail end of in the beginning of January... There was Barack Hussein Obama and every single person you could think that was his cabinet in close orbit discussing the delay of the inauguration. And that includes that includes their tapping of Supreme Court Justice John Roberts. They wanted to annul the elections. They wanted to delay the inauguration. So, Tory. Question. Why didn't you say something? Yeah, I've been saying it. And until there comes the time that I can speak, because I have to show my connection. Tack had me gagged through an end. You know what? These people have an army of lawyers. I have absolutely nothing. They've ensured to keep me in a box as tight as possible. The fact that I still remember, oh, if it's whatever, it, not to go past 20 years is what the, what the agreement had said. Not past 20 years. I had my clock synced. Synced. So I knew exactly when I was able to speak. Synced. Okay? synced. So this is why I can say it. Cause it's like, 
I was, I was bound by them. I mean, I could have talked about the GSG side, but there's no connection to the U.S. without talking about the state side. I mean, TAC, TAC Global, CGI, Lockheed, L3, uh, L3 Communications, uh, Level, uh, Bull, all these vendors, right? How, how do I have that connection? Through GSG. And the GSG is also responsible for Julian Assange as well. We'll get to that another time, like I said. But, um... This is where I'm telling you I had this phone because I worked on it. I had access to it. I would be getting it. My mailbox that I had relaying me that mail and that package with the phone was still active uh, only because it was prepaid by the company. And that's why it was still active or else it wouldn't have been. And I was surprised to actually get it. It was actually on a delay of maybe I think like 80 somewhat days that um, that package finally found itself to me, which is really weird, right? But I got it and I listened and I heard. So the conversations that happened in Munich were many. The thing that we need to, to, to remember is that during that conference in Germany where we had our own officials there, right? They were colluding about Biden running for president and using him as guys because Yovanovitch had made it clear that her methods had been made. They had referred to Giuliani in the most disgusting manner, saying, how dare he flip? Uh, you mean that he kept his mouth shut during 9-11 because then he's just back? Oops, did I say that out loud? <laughs> because then, cause then he's just crazy? Of course, he kept his mouth shut. Of course, he knew his time would come. And like everything, timing is almost... It, it has to be perfect or else it goes unnoticed. Kind of like you've noticed uh, last year, spot on, put that tweet out and probably no one saw it. And, but I know that the right people saw it. I know that the people that needed to see it saw it. And that's what counts because it means we're still in. I'm still in. I still know. I'm still looking. And it was a threat too. I mean, these people can't pretend. John Brennan can't pretend. You know, none of them can pretend that this is the reality. So the question is, even if we wanted to investigate these people, how do you look for communications or how do you look for devices you don't even know exist? I mean, I'm not saying that nobody knows that black phones exist, but they've been revamped. I mean, look at the tools that we used in Afghanistan and in the Middle East that were supposed to be military PSYOP deployments, how they've been revamped right now, <laughs> taken and attend to, and taken and, um, taken to, taken as they are and then built upon to make them more they are today. Super weapons against the people of the United States. So right after this break, we'll talk a little bit more about these conversations. Forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again 
winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So uh, let's talk about this conversation that happened in April a little bit. So they were aware that President Trump had just called to congratulate. They got the name of the interpreter that was on the call. They had already transcribed the conversation that had happened. So they found that Zelensky, being a stand-up comic, is easier to draw out from President Trump what he wants. And unfortunately, Zelensky has to play both tablets. Remember, his nation that he represents in the European Union is own has so much debt that if every single Ukrainian from the age of two worked until the age of 92, they for the next 500 years, they would still not be able to pay off the debt. The Ukraine is literally owned by the European Union. They, you know, how everyone was like, Greece needs a bailout. Oh my gosh, they're defunct. They're going to own Greece because they are like companies. Uh, well, the debt that Greece has is is nothing. It's like a, a hair in, in, you know, what's her name from the Fugees? <laughs> Um, that had the really poofy hair, lots of hair. She had like tons of it. Like I remember I was like thinking, boy, 
if that's all, or my daughter, a lot of hair. Yeah, one strand, needle in the haystack compared to what the Ukraine owns. So they're owned. So if anyone thinks that, you know, President Zelensky was a friend and that he was nice, uh, you're very mistaken. Uh, he was just going with it. And he's playing the same card that the governor of North Dakota played in that clip that I played for you, uh, you know, in the last hour, which was, oh, I don't want to get in the middle. I just have to go where I can. I can't do this because then this comes out. He's like, hey, EU, if I go this way, then this is going to happen. If I go this way, this I'm just going to let it happen. I'm just going to let it happen. And so that's how it's floating. So the conversation was, how do we get President Trump back on the phone? And the thing is, he knew, because if I knew, he knew. For sure, he knew that it was a setup. I have to, I have to believe that he knew, because there are some really good people surrounding him. But there are such snakes, too. And so this wiretap, how did we know? Well, this tap was used through people that were within the NSC. Um, unknowingly tapping people that are very close to him unknowingly probably (laughs) I don't know would you like a glass of water here you go let me put it on the coaster for you so there are many ways that they were wiretapping conversations which they can't admit to because that is a treasonous offense. So this is why they went above board. This is why they orchestrated this whole whistleblower. This is how they were like, just say you heard this from people talking and just do it. Because at the bottom line, the person feeding this information was Schiff himself. And that's because he was heading these meetings. And, you know, I wasn't able to at all times to jump on every single time they called uh, because I wasn't in a place where I could feel (laughs) like there wasn't going to be any stray listening or, you know, where communications can't be targeted. You never know because once, you know, location is done, you're done. You're completely done. Now, this is a very secure phone, but nothing else we own is secure. Nothing. And they know that. You know, we see that picture going around with Schumer and Soros and the burner phone. That's before black phones. Okay. That's before those enterprise phones. And you know what they call Blackberries, really. The technology we have that we actually have would blow your mind. What they're telling you we're going to do, we've already done. Because all of us really believe that we went to the moon with the technology that was less than that of a TI-84 calculator. Yet we still believe it. We still believe it. Because it happened in the 60s, it had to be some remedial technology. No, that's the technology you had. Because I can tell you what technology I've seen. It would blow your mind. And this is what we need to understand. Everything they've been telling you is a lie. Every single piece of history, every single development, every single new piece of technology that they're throwing at you saying it's brand new. It's like, no, man, you had that stuff in the 60s. The black phone 2015 had the first it was like size like an iPad four, And not only that, they gave you like a VMware type software where you can put your private communications. Listen to this mirror communications of your private telephone and lock them down through the enterprise silent circle. That's huge. That was five years ago. You don't even have close to that technology today on the mainstream because you're not allowed to have it. The president has told you tech. Can you imagine how many 
executive orders that are classified have been signed on unsealing certain things and having access? Do you know that there have been presidents that have marched up to Peterson or marched up to other places and have been turned away? Do you know? No, you don't. Because the news aren't going to tell you. And this is why they want to filter every bit of information you get. And this is why they're going to filter every little bit of information you get. They're psyoping you. And I think it's about time you, you realize that not only the mainstream media, but your social media psyoped beyond belief. Your reality hackers are at full capacity. Joe Obama, it's coming. And Joe Obama is going to be coming. And you know what they're betting on? You know, those pictures of Michelle and her member showing those pictures of LaVon Robinson showing so they can call you crazy, but they forget that I am the one that had Barack Hussein Obama's passport data. And when you copied it back in the day with the front facing software that you had, you know, unfortunately, many things had to be seen and scanned. So they forget that there are a lot of eyes out there that have seen many things, many, many, many things. And that is what they're trying to quash. They will distract you. They will throw dust in your face, in your eyes, everywhere. And they will usher in Joe Obama. And you know what? This conversation was already had on April 24th, 2019. Well, if you run, we'll get Michelle. We'll convince Obama to do it because he's got to do it. Because if you go down, he's definitely going down. And they know that. He's definitely going down. Definitely. Not hypothetically. Definitely going down. Because that is the ultimate prize. Undoing those presidents that have... Pretty much slaughtered everything our nation stands for. And while they are being put up to the plate, we get this confusing news. We are back with this Fox News alert. Kim Jong-un is in grave danger. Nothing Reports this morning the North Korean leader is in critical condition after heart surgery. <clears throat> Rumors have been swirling about the North Korean dictator's health ever since he had a procedure and after he missed this celebration for his grandfather's birthday last week. Now those rumors are reportedly on the radar of U.S. intelligence agencies, Brian. All right. He was last seen at a meeting 10 days ago. South Korea's government pushing back, saying it has not seen anything unusual out of the north. Fox sources say the White House is aware of the reports, but can't confirm his condition. Let's see if we can get the, the answer from uh, Robert O'Brien, National Security Advisor. Uh, Robert, great to see you. Uh, let me ask you, what could you tell us about Kim Jong-un? Or do you believe South Korea there is no problem or the rest of the world that there is? Well, we're monitoring these reports very closely, and uh, as you know, North Korea is a very closed society. There's not a free press there. Uh, they're parsimonious with the information that they provide about uh, many things, including uh, the health of uh, Kim Jong-un. So we're monitoring those developments closely. Uh, people should know that uh, we have a great intelligence community. We have the president, the vice president, Secretary Pompeo, Secretary Esper, General Milley. We've got a lot of watchmen on the towers uh, during this coronavirus crisis, making sure that uh, America is safe, whether it's from the virus or from uh, adversaries uh, abroad. So we're, we're keeping a close eye on developments in North Korea as we are in other parts of the world. 
Ambassador, uh, could you tell us why the president decided to sign this executive order? He says he's going to, to temporarily suspend immigration. Look, we're, we're trying to do everything. The president's trying to do everything he can to put the health of the American people first during this crisis. And so uh, th this is one step. It's, it's not dissimilar to the, the restrictions on travel from China that he implemented back on January 29th at the very outset of this public health crisis. Uh, we think that, that uh, those restrictions save thousands or tens of thousands of American lives. They were criticized by some at the time. Uh, one uh, candidate, uh, Vice President Biden, said that it was xenophobic. Uh, Nancy Pelosi introduced a bill to ban the bans, uh, but uh, the president's not going to be guided by politics here. He's going to be by, guided by the health, uh, doing what's best for the health of the American people. Sure. And Ambassador, of course, this is just as the banner says below us, it is a temporary <laughs> suspension of immigration. And we know that federal statute does give him uh, the authority in cases of public health and things like that, it, although it is unprecedented. Well, if the governors have the authority to make you stay home, if the governors have the right to tell business employees that are not working that that specific business has to be quarantined and you're not allowed outside of your house, I would pretty much say, yeah, my president has the right to say, we're not letting people in from another country. Now, think of it. How timely is this with Kim Jong-un? See, I didn't mention that he was missing for Bright Day, which, a really, which is a really big holiday in North Korea. But I did notice that we had a lot of missile exercises going out, range this. And one thing that I had said a long, long time ago was if you think that even though we have diffused the situation with North Korea, that we are safe, it's not. The president went for North Korea because that is the only handle he has to maintain unity in the Oriental Bloc. Now, India, on the other hand, is the stepchild. India, on the other hand, is the call center center for the whole world, right? They're the bootleg China. And what we did see was that the president of the United States aligned with India. One thing that Indians have that is different than the Chinese is empathy. And they are rooted deeply for thousands of years in good. Uh, not saying that the Chinese are not, but they were always the dominant race, weren't they, of people. The ones that built a, a wall you can see from space, always ambitious. Whereas the Indian population have always been humble. And you can see it from their responses. Because India is going to be the new China. And that is the deal. And you know, India needs more space too. I'm just saying. But now we have North Korea coming back into play where rumors are spreading, tweets are being deleted, uh, brain dead, this had a heart thing, blah, 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 could just be the removal of specific, specific tech when you're a puppet. Speaking of tech, we will soon be having that tech and I'm going to introduce that right after we listen to what else Mr. O'Brien has to say. Uh, back in the 1918 pandemic with the flu, uh, I think the United States still allowed in 100,000 people. So I, we get the part about how it's trying to stem the tide of incoming infections. But at the same time, the president in his tweet, Ambassador, made it clear that this is also about safeguarding American jobs because there are so many people out of work right now and they need jobs. Well, this, this virus came to our shores from overseas, uh, sadly, and uh, not only has it affected the health uh, and, and caused the death of, of many Americans, and our hearts and uh, prayers go out to those 
by family members who are sick or struggling, who've lost uh, loved ones. And also, gosh, these uh, I was watching the interview that you did with Liam uh, raising money to help our first responders. Those are our real heroes, the doctors, the nurses, the custodial staffs at these hospitals on the front line, uh, keeping the hospitals clean yeah. and free from infection. They're doing a great job, but there's been an economic cost here, too. And uh, and the president's looking out for Americans on both fronts at, at every turn. So uh, obviously there's a big push to find out what China knew and why we still don't know everything about it. The president's saying we need to get in there and look around and find out where this all started, whether it was a Wuhan lab or whether it was actually in a wet market, which mysteriously has reopened. When the president complimented uh, the president of China early, was it because he was under a... Uh, under the illusion that he was getting all uh, accurate and full uh, and the full story about this virus. Wait a minute. Is that question suggesting that the president was duped? And does he regret those compliments that he threw at uh, President Xi? So he was duped and he should tell the people that he was duped and that he wasn't smart enough to be duped. That's the question you've got. No, look, the president's always very complimentary in his, his dealings with foreign leaders. Uh, if the American people could be on the phone calls that he has with our, our adversaries and our friends, he's a real gentleman. Uh, he was the same way with President Xi, but he's been clear from the outset. Uh, we need to get the CDC into China. There's really a huge burden on China to tell us where this came from. Did it come from a lab? Did it come from a wet market? But think of China. And compare it to Iran. China has the same situation as Iran, but it's not just as evident. So we have the Iranian people that has been told to you clear and then the Iranian government, right, IRGC and stuff. China has the same thing. And you've got President Xi surrounded by snakes that may indeed want to be for the people, but there is a two-tier government. Two, not two-tier. It's a bifurcated government. The one that says... They're going to crush us if we don't abide. And the other one that says they can't crush us because we have really good people on our side. And so they're, they have their own battle within. So when you see conflicting information, right, you see China saying, oh, no, it's no big deal. Oh, the U.S. Army did it. Oh, no, it's no big deal. Some professor from America did it. Oh, no, it's no big deal. This is an American virus. Oh, no, it's no big deal. And then you see... Mm. Gates, on the other hand, while all of this is going on, Gates is globetrotting to every single king of Jordan, Saudi Arabia, getting buddy buddy with the people that have aligned with the liberation of nations. China, you know what? If you don't sit still, wait till they find out about Africa. China, wait till they find out, you know, powdered, you know, homo sapien pills being produced in North Korea. Wait till they find out about, wait till they find out what was really going on in North Korea and how you kept them in check for us. Wait till they all find out. Here's the thing. Everybody already knows. It's like the secret that's not really a secret. It's like when you hang out with your friend, like I said, and your best friend, you know, because she's your best friend, has been sleeping with everybody and their mother. And she's sitting there, you know, lecturing people on how you should not have infidelity in your marriage. Everybody knows and everyone's not saying anything. But the concern is if North Korea is crippled from the point that it has been seen as a point of liberation for the Oriental bloc, you will see the Oriental nations align. All of them will align with China. Why do I say this? 
So this account that I had found, one of many that I find all the time on Twitter, that was tweeting out locations, that was that had a Qatari flag but said they were from the Philippines, that had all these strange emoji codes on it, that was dropping locations within the United States, had a picture of a boy, oh, it was Indonesia, not Philippines, Indonesia, said that they were from Indonesia and were tweeting out specific locations and tagging the cities in the United States of those locations. And those locations were... Arkansas, Arizona, and California. In the intermittent time, they were tweeting out the sites, okay, the sites of where uh, you would be able to fill in the census. Now, let me tell you what I get from that, okay? Just let me tell you what I get from that. One, it's drop-off locations of information and alerting specific people for it. Two, the fact that they were dropping in all the languages, these various, you know, how to do your census 2020 means that whoever created this site was actually outsourcing it to whatever this person was connected to, which means what we have to do is look at where the OMB has actually outsourced the creation of this site in various languages and what vendors they use. That would be clue number one to look into aside from the locations. Now, once I tag that account within a few hours, hours, it was gone. It was gone. Yet that account had existed from what, 2009. And you know what was funny? It was the people that were following it. So it's a small account with this Indian looking kid, that's Indonesian, whatever, a kid, Indonesia with code with the first thing, having a Qatari flag and some weird numbers and emojis that were telling you something. And then dropping all these locations in just foreign language census, fill out the census. The people that were following it were confirmed accounts of the DSA, the prime minister of South Korea, the historical something, something of China, uh, Singapore. Uh, there was, a, a, a an elected official of Singapore that was using a dummy account to use that. I mean, dummy accounts are so easy to find out. I mean, we found out Mitt Romney's wait till you see the, the, the accounts that Comey and Clinton and all those other, or <laughs> Your reporters, you know, what they use are these stupid blue check marks that were DMing me. Hey, I just want to talk to you and ask you and for shh. Like I can't, I, like I don't know. But anyway, um, this is what they have been waiting for, a way to capture the Oriental block in. That account makes perfect sense. That means our stuff is still being outsourced. Even for the census 2020, we're going to have issues on that. I'm just telling you that right now. We're going to have issues on that because it indicates to me that there was a full outsource. And it also indicates to me contact with those specific city governments that were being tagged. It was their address and tagging at Almeida County or whatever. Why is this little account that's supposedly from Indonesia that only has like 230 followers, but follows so many tweet out things like that when you're supposedly a kid from your picture. And remember, this account has been around for more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. These are questions you should ask yourself, but see, not a lot of us ask these questions because we're too busy with life, not because we don't want to, right? So now that we see that this is going to be a week like none other, you have to think, what is really going on here? Think about this way. How many Twitter accounts tell you, follow me back? How many people say, well, I'm not following you if you're not following me back. Do you know why? Congestion. Most of these are sock puppet accounts. 
Those that demand followbacks and do these trains unknowingly have been used to congest information. Because if we use Twitter the way it is supposed to be used, a lot of us wouldn't have 10, 15, 16, 20, 30,000 followers. But if you see, if you're following the same or more than those that are following you, you are helping them conceal information. And a lot of people find, well, I got all these followers. You know, I don't like the fact, you know, that there are, that there's more light on, on, on what I tweet. You know, I tweet whatever I want. I mean, I'm out there to just give information, but I'm trying to explain to you to understand, like I said, I would introduce the IIA, which we'll talk about, you know, further in detail, but you have also been used as a pawn by this PSYOP operation. You're following all these people. Tell me how much of those 10,000 people that you are following are you actually reading the tweets of? They've given you the impression that blue check marks follow less people, right? Because they're important and you're not, but that's not the case. You follow people because of the information they give you. So when you see someone tweet out IFB and all these choo-choos, right? You need to remember that they unknowingly have participated in one of the biggest psyops on Twitter, and that's to congest your feed. Like I'm following like 900 something people, and I've got to riddle that down because I've got to, I keep my eyes out. I unfollow, you know, every couple of weeks because I'm like, wait a minute, this person's just retweeting follow back things. I don't want to see that. They're not giving me information. They're not retweeting this person that I want to see. I'm going there. Because if I go to like a blue check mark account, like say Sarah Carter, for example, right? Or whatever, which I follow and then unfollow sometimes, it's because they don't retweet regular people or people that don't have blue check marks. So you're not retweeting the news of the people. So I don't want to see you, right? I could just go to your page and look for information. So I follow accounts and so should you that provide information that you want to see to stay in the know because unknowingly you have caused a congestion of information by following 10,000 people. If all those 10,000 people tweet once in a day, then think about it this way. Are you going to read 10,000 tweets? No, you're not. And how many of those 10,000 tweets that go through your feed will you lose sight of something that's important to you? Tons. So this is an introduction to show you how unwillingly you have participated in a PSYOP. And it's not like you're going to be able to detect where this train of follow me and I follow you. Let's build up our accounts and be big. Nobody cares, you know, and even blue check marks and larger accounts that are actually providing you information that you want to see feel bullied to participate too, because they're like, oh, I need to give more love to my followers. Dude, your followers are following you for the news. You know, you follow T-Mobile, for example, if you're a T-Mobile customer to find out about outages or to tweet when your stuff's not working.
You follow the president because you want his news. Why are you following, you know, Mary McSally, whatever, right? Who's just retweeting people, you know, constantly or saying, oh, I only have so many followers following me back. You know, I fall into that pocket too. We're only human, but we have to understand that this is part of the PSYOP. Have you ever seen those experiments where there's a lady and she's sitting down in a dentist's office and everyone keeps standing up with every buzz and she does too? That's it. What you've participated in is in an interactive internet activity, unknowingly, of course. I'll see you guys all tomorrow with a special surprise tomorrow. Massive surprise. Tune in live to hear it tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.